And hello everyone, this is Rich Sports Talk, Sports Talk Worth a Billion, and I'm your host, Nolan Rich. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Pure and simple, it was a choke. The New York Jets choked away week one to the Buffalo Bills, and it was as bad as a first loss that you could possibly have, especially with a brand new head coach. And there is so much to dissect from this game. What I think of Adam Gase and what this means for the Jets moving forward, who's to blame for this choke, why Gase could have security moving forward. There's so much to get into it, but I wanted to start off with the biggest elephant in the room, which when we really think about it, shouldn't be the biggest elephant in the room. That's the kicking game. And look, I understand the Jets were on their third kicker, and I understand you have to make a 45-yard field goal, but let's be honest, the Jets kicker did not cost in that game yesterday. Let's get that out of the way. And I understand in the moment, I was even one of those fans, I was saying, you know what, the kicker cost the team the game. But then I really thought about it, I'm saying to myself, wait a minute. When you really look at it, that 45-yard field goal was a bad snap. Okay. And the other thing, too, is the Jets did not put their kicking situation in any good faith because they didn't sign Myers, their Pro Bowl kicker, last year. And they're on their third kicker right now. Realistically, this isn't supposed to be their kicker anyways. So now their kicking situation is a complete disaster. And even the extra point attempt after that they missed on the first touchdown, they made up with it for a two-point conversion. So the kicker did not ruin this game. Now, it is a huge problem going forward. And speaking of problems, Jet fans had four big fears coming into this season. They had four fears. Number one, the kicking game. Number two, the cornerback situation. Number three, the depth. And number four, Adam Gase as a head coach. And all four reared their heads yesterday, especially in that fourth quarter. The kicking game was a problem, but to me it wasn't the biggest problem. The second problem that the Jets were worried about was the cornerback position. They were terrible yesterday. And I understand that, and to be fair, I give Bart Scott a lot of credit because he said this great in the Jets postgame show on SNY where he's basically saying, they were asking about, well, isn't it the next man up? And he's like, yeah, it's the next man up, but you don't go from a Ferrari to a Buick. And that's basically what the Jets did at linebacker yesterday. If you watch the three cores of that game, C.J. Mosley was the best player on the field for either team. And then when he went out, it was a big blow. But the Jets, even without him, still had a two-touchdown lead. And back-to-back let Buffalo walk down the field. They had zero pass rush. Their corners could not cover, and Tremaine Johnson has been one of the worst free agent signings in this franchise's history. I mean, Mike McCagnin, the further we get away from him, the more damage we can maybe see, because this was one of his biggest free agent signings, and he has been an absolute dud. And here's the sad part, Jet fans. He's going to be the number one or two corner this year, and it's going to be a long season. The other thing was depth. This team has a lot of talent, but absolutely no depth. And this was worrying even in the preseason. They lost Avery Williamson, who I would say was a top four player on that defense. He's gone. Then C.J. Mosley, who I think is their best player on that defense, gets hurt in that game. And we don't know how long he's going to be out. And then Leonard Williams, to me, has been one of the more overrated draft picks in Jets history. I mean, you want to talk about the big three defensive linemen that they drafted in the first round, Muhammad Wilkerson, Sheldon Richardson, and Leonard Williams. At least with Sheldon Richardson, he's had some moments, and he had an incredible rookie season. 
Muhammad Wilkerson had two years where he had double-digit sacks before he got paid. But Leonard Williams has just been a disappointment. He was supposed to be one of the best defensive players in that draft. And I understand he's not going to have gaudy stat numbers. But whenever you need a big moment or a big stop, he is never there. Yesterday was his moment where he could have had a big sack, could have changed momentum in that game, and he couldn't. And finally, the biggest concern for the Jets coming in the season was Adam Gase and this offense. And this offense, I will say this, it's very easy to overreact after week one. But Gase, the reason he's here is to make this offense look good and make Sam Darnold look good. And I give Darnold credit because people are killing him today. And look, he did not have a good game. But it's also kind of hard where in the first few series, you get sacked three times, he was constantly under duress, hands in his face, passes being banged down. There's a reason he had all those check downs to Crowder and Bell. It's because he couldn't stay in the pocket. I mean, this offensive line was terrible yesterday. And I understand the excuse is going to be, well, they didn't play together in the preseason. Okay. Ryan Khalil was supposed to be at least an answer at center, but he's become a bigger question mark. At one point in that game, I was just saying, is Jonathan Harrison really that bad at center? Because Khalil doesn't look that much better. If anything, he looks like a downgrade at this point. I mean, I give Kelvin Beecham credit. He played another great game at left tackle. But outside of him, this offensive line was a mess yesterday. But more importantly, the reason Gase was hired was to make Darrell look good. And you watched that offense yesterday. This is supposed to be an offensive guru. That offense felt boring. It felt stale. It felt way too conservative. Jet fans were nervous in that third quarter when they just kept running the ball and not taking any shots down the field and playing ultra conservative. They didn't take a shot down the field until they were losing in this game. They had opportunity to put the game away. The Jets, when you win in the turnover bar plus four like they did, you should win 97% of your games. The Jets fell in the 3%. They had great field position and couldn't score. I mean, this, Darnold showed you, especially on that two-point conversion where he rolled down through that great pass to Le'Veon Bell. He showed you Moxie coming back after that pass interference and coming back to get a touchdown. He showed you glimpses that, look, he is a franchise quarterback. But the offense needs help, and that's what Gase is supposed to do. If anything, I understand that the defense collapsed, but if I was to ask Jet fans who was the better coach yesterday, you would say Greg Williams, because when he had his pieces and when he had C.J. Mosley, his best player, without question, that unit was dominant. That unit was the reason the Jets were in this game for three quarters. I understand they collapse, but they also had a crucial injury that killed them, and you could see that. And that offense had opportunities, even after that first touchdown, to play keep away, to run the clock, to get another score, and they couldn't do it. If you were to ask me who the best coach was on the Jets yesterday, it was not the Adam Gase. It was Greg Williams. And this is what's concerning is the schedule now. Because I was on the record saying, look, I think the Jets could compete for a playoff at 8-8-9-7, but here's the key. The first eight weeks, especially the first seven games for the Jets, are absolutely brutal. They have to play New England twice, which is basically two losses. They have to play Dallas, who looks great. They have to play the Eagles. I was looking at this schedule and saying, I would not be shocked if they started the season 1-4 and four just because of the teams they play. And really, the one win was Buffalo. I'm not sure about Cleveland. And Cleveland, 
this Monday night game is going to be very interesting for both teams because it's going to really decide potentially seasons for both teams in week two. Because the Jets lose that, they will have lost two opening games at home. And then they have to go through that gauntlet. And they're likely starting 0-5. And I don't care how light the schedule is on the back end. I don't see this team going on a six-game winning streak. I really don't. So basically, it feels like the season will be over after Monday night. And for Cleveland, could you imagine if they go to New York and lose on Monday night their first big primetime game? Odell's return to New York against that terrible secondary, especially if C.J. Mosley's out, and they lose. And I'd be worried about the Jets because there's two different thought processes after a loss. There's being pissed off and there's being deflated. I think the Jets are deflated right now because of the way this game ended. Cleveland, I'd worry about because guess what? No team in the NFL likes to get embarrassed. And they might be pissed off that Cleveland, I mean, they got the brakes being off them by Tennessee. And it will be very interesting to see Baker. If Baker is not healthy, I mean, the Jets should win this game. But there's a lot to do and a lot to see. But if Adam Gay starts 0-5, I do think he's going to get at least two years. And here's the simple reason why. Because he almost has a built-in excuse already. And that's this. Well, me and Mike McCagney didn't get along great. You know, he's brought in Le'Veon Bell for all this money, and let's be fair, Le'Veon Bell was the best player on their offensive side yesterday. But Gase has been on the record saying he didn't want to pay him all that money, and basically he's going to say, well, the draft didn't go well. And look, the Jets draft, it it has killed them. I mean, Quinn and Williams had a decent game, but he's hurt. We don't know how long he's out. I mean, the best pick right now is Blake Cashman, and he's the backup linebacker. I mean, West Coe. Didn't even start for them. He was one of their draft picks at tight end. Their cornerback's injured. They cut their third round pick. I mean, this this was a terrible draft. I mean, I know they didn't have a lot of picks, but when you have a top five pick and two third round picks, you're hoping to get a star and at least two starters out of it. And the Jets are already out one with a release. So Gase might look at this and might try to spend, well, I didn't have full autonomy and I didn't get the roster I wanted. But I'll tell you this. If it starts 0-5, and, and the biggest factor will be if Darnold doesn't look good, I mean, it'd be one thing if this team finishes with a terrible record again, but Darnold looks good. I think Gase has some leverage. But here's the biggest thing. If Darnold does not look good in year two, and this team falls off a cliff early, I wouldn't be shocked if the Jets move on from Gase. And I know that's a far way down the road. And it's not a good look to fire a head coach after one season. But you can tell pretty early if something's going to work or not. And after four weeks, if we come to the conclusion that this offense doesn't look a lot better with Adam Gase and Darnold doesn't look a lot better, keep in mind these rookie deals, they only last so long. And you're wasting precious time. They have to get this right. And the big thing is, I look at the Arizona game, and I think a lot of people will. Kyler Murray was not great in that game. But I will tell you this, they came back, they made it competitive. And I will say this about their offense. Even though I'm not the biggest Kyler Murray fan, you can tell that offense was innovative. They that Cliff Kingsbury showed you yesterday in that comeback against the Lions. Why despite not being a great head coach, 
he's going to have a future in this league. He might not work in Arizona, but he's going to be an offensive coordinator somewhere in this league because he knows offense. Adam Gase, don't forget, this is his second opportunity as a head coach. And it doesn't look good in the post-game conference. He's basically saying this. Well, I think my players are overthinking because I'm overloading them with information. He was using the excuse that Buffalo, they've had the same coaching staff. And I get that this is a new system for the Jets. I understand that. I understand Darnold's learning. I understand there's a process. But if you feel they're not getting the information across, that's on you. You're supposed to make it simplified. If you think the game plan is too complicated, you have to simplify and make it easier for the team to digest. That's on you, not the team. It's on you. And right now, the Jets are their own worst enemies. And if they don't win Monday night, this is not going to get pretty because I think they need to win Monday night because after that, I think they're going 1-4. I don't think they're being the Eagles. I don't think they're being the Cowboys. I don't think they're being the Patriots because very simply, all those teams attack the Jets' weaknesses. They all have receivers that can make plays down the field. Jets have terrible quarterbacks. They have great defensive lines. Jets' offensive line has been terrible, and I don't think will be much better. I mean, they are not good matchups for the Jets. I said it. I think the Jets have to finish the stretch somehow 2-5 and because the back end gets easier. But if this team starts 0-5, the season's over because this team's not going to rip off six games in a row on the back end. They're not. But once again, I will say this. It's not a good look for Adam Gase, and the honeymoon's over. Because the Jets know they have to get this right. And I think Darnold has shown you enough that he can be great. I mean, he made some bad decisions. He made some young decisions. We forget he's only 22 years old. Taking that sack to get out of field goal range was not a good decision by him yesterday. But we also saw that he's good and mobile in the pocket. He has a good arm. It's a situation where they have to get this right with him. And it's not off to a great start. And especially in a game where your defense is outplaying them, You can't lose that game. Everything that could have gone wrong for the Jets went wrong yesterday. And look, Adam Gase was kind of on thin ice because there was a big portion of this fan base, even despite hearing all the rumors out of Green Bay, they wanted Mike McCarthy. And the feeling I got talking to Jets fans was, eh, okay. I do think he's a very good offensive coach, but that's got to be his forte. If this offense doesn't look better this year under an offensive coach... That's a big problem. And this isn't a first-time coach. This isn't a guy who's a coordinator making his coaching debut. This has been a head coach in the NFL. He should know. And especially when you have months to game plan for the Buffalo Bills, and that's your game plan, the Jets' offense look completely lost. And this is something that's very concerning for Jet fans and for me. Is this team, when you watch the Dolphins, one of the things I didn't like about Gase was this team, and this was one thing I was worried about, and what he learned, was on third down, he is a check down type of route out of the passing game and just trying to get the yards after the catch for the first down. The Jets routes yesterday, they did not pass the first down marker. You got to give Crowder and Le'Veon a lot of credit for making players miss to get to that level, but it's concerning that Darnold's got a pretty good arm that they're not taking shots down the field. You have to take shots down the field. And they didn't do it until they were behind. They did not do a good job. And that offense had opportunities. They had an opportunity after that touchdown. The Bills walked down the field. They had an opportunity to do 
basically hold on the ball, play keep away, burn the time of possession away. Then they got the ball back to get into field goal range, again, down one point, and they couldn't do it. Then their defense got a big stop, but unfortunately by that point it was too late. So to me, the turning point is going to be this Cleveland game because the Jets need a win because I don't see them winning the next three games. And I also don't see them finishing, especially playing the Patriots twice in the first seven weeks of the season. I don't see them after seven games. At best, you want to be two and five because it's a brutal stretch to start the season. But if they lose against Cleveland on Monday night and they are 0-2, they're going to start the season 0-5. And once again, I know Gase has an excuse that McCagnin and him didn't get along, didn't see eye-to-eye, that this isn't the full roster he wanted. I know that's going to be an excuse, but this team starts at 0-5, and especially the key to the whole Adam Gase situation will be this. Does Sam Darnold look better in year two? Does this offense look better in year two? Because even if this team misses the playoffs, but we see significant improvement from this offense, from this quarterback, I think fans would be more lenient to keep in gaze. But if they're bad and the offense isn't better, this could get very interesting, and it might be hard for the Jets to keep Gase after one year. It's early, and I know it's overreaction after the first week. I know we tend to overreact. We tend to go above and beyond. We tend to go do the doom and gloom scenarios, but I'm looking at the Jets' schedule. This can get bad, especially when this is a game that 97% of the time when you win the turnover battle like that, you should win. Think of it this way. They scored 16 points. 16 points, and eight of them came from the defense. Eight of them came from the defense, and a defensive touchdown and a safety. You're not getting that every week. This offense scored eight points yesterday. Eight points. And they didn't need to score more. They just needed to keep the ball away from Buffalo's offense in the fourth quarter, and they couldn't do that either. So this was a Jet game where that old moniker, same old Jets, once again comes out, and here's the biggest problem. It's a new head coach, but once again, the same problems of organization, of letting the game slip away in the fourth quarter, is still there. Adam Gase was supposed to change the culture, and I will say he's changed some things. They weren't penalized a lot yesterday. I will say they're a more disciplined team than they were under Todd Bulls. But I'll tell you this, they didn't look much better than they did last year. I mean, we saw glimpses of this defense looking great, but it's not a good sign when if the best coach on your roster is the defensive coordinator and you're the head coach and you're supposed to be the offensive guru and all you can do is eight points, it's not a good look. And if they don't beat Cleveland on Monday, this jet season could get ugly very fast. That's going to do it for this episode of Rich Sports Talk. Thank you so much for joining here us here today. If you'd like, you can always follow us wherever podcasts are available. SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spreaker, and iHeartRadio. Just a couple. Wherever there's a podcast, you can listen. You can also reach out to us, richsportstalk at gmail.com and anywhere on social media using the handle Rich Sports Talk. But until next time, I'm your host, Nolan Rich, and this is Rich Sports Talk.